what we do here is go back, 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 back. Welcome back to another edition of the Raider Take Podcast. I am Micah McDonald. Not joining me today is Andy McDonald. He currently is struggling. Struggling with something that a lot of us have had issues with during this time of year, every time of year, and that is the sickness bug. Andy is out at the moment. I am rocking it solo, as he did last week. He is currently dealing with some things that has not only struck him, but struck the family as well. And, you know, we have to sit here and roll with the punches that are dealt, you know. We have to adjust on the fly, and, you know, we still need to bring content for you guys. So, here I am, rocking a solo episode. Last week, Andy rocked it by himself, uh, and for, you know, good reasons, because as I stated two podcasts ago, we've really been on just kind of a a run for you guys lately of, uh, you know, non-reliability and getting out certain content. Um, I'll, I'll hand up, take that on me. Things have been crazy lately, you know. Things happen. Like I mentioned before, though, love is in the air. Love is in the air. We had a wedding that we went to for one of our very good longtime friends, Aaron Nassa. Last week, I was you know, somewhat indisposed for a crazy week because I too got married. Me and my lovely bride, we had a very small wedding, about as small as you could get. It was us two. It was my fantastic co-host and his wife and our pastor. We wanted to do something very small because of the times that we're in right now. You know, getting together because of COVID, hard to do at the moment. The amount of time and money that it takes going into a wedding also, very long process, and we said, you know, we're going to skip all that for now. We want to start our life together. So we did. That had me indisposed last week. Like I said, Andy not feeling great this week. We're rolling with the punches. But he put out some fantastic content last week, giving us 10 through 6 of his top 10 quarterbacks for the 2021 season. First initial reaction for me, you know, it's hard to disagree with what he's given us so far. Without knowing the top five, it's hard to say, you know, what I have gripe with, gripes with and whatnot. Um, I do think that Josh Allen probably has a really good case for being in that top five, but then again, having him at six, like he stated when he was talking about it, very easily see him get into that top five for him as he was doing it, hard to justify things. I think it's very interesting having Brady at 10, because uh, you look at it and you say, he's the GOAT, you know. Why would he not be in the top 10 every year just because? But also you look at it and say he is getting old. You look at the very quarterback-friendly offense that he's in, the weapons that they have accrued and put around him, and the success that he had last year with them, obviously winning the Super Bowl. It's hard to not have him in the top 10. I don't think that's an option. But also how far can you actually put him up when you look at the emerging quarterbacks, emerging teams around the league, the weapons they have around them, all that kind of stuff. So just about all five of them, I, you know, for the most part, agree with where he put them. Don't have a whole lot to say on like how I would adjust it and make it differently. Me personally, I think the only reason that there's an argument 
for Prescott over Stafford is simply because of the weapons. I think Stafford, like Andy mentioned, wildly underrated his whole career. He's going into a system uh, that proved Jared Goff could be a top 15 quarterback in the league. Uh, And so getting a big arm talent not only benefits that offense, but is going to benefit you know, Stafford getting into an offense like that, getting into, you know, some of the weapons that they have. I don't think they have as good a weapons, obviously, as Dak Prescott, who's sitting there with Amari Cooper, C.D. Lamb, and Gallup as his three wide receivers, um, you know, and he's got Zeke in the backfield. I think that bodes very well for Dak's production, and not but not saying he's not a good quarterback by any means, but he is a good quarterback that is going to thrive and kind of step over a few people in this list purely because of the weapons he has at his disposal. Injury will be a question mark, but I think that you put him toe for toe, same weapons, same system, everything. Matt Stafford's a better quarterback than Dak Prescott, my personal opinion. But we're talking about what they can do for this year, the situation that they're in, uh, what they have at their disposal. So I completely understand that. Like I said, I'm kind of just drawing it straws here a little bit on like how can I kind of uh play devil's advocate to to his list um not really any reason to but just some some talking points in general um like I said without knowing the top five you know the other five of what he's got on it, it's hard to say whether anybody should have been in the top five or how to really dispute the list in general so very much agree with with what he's got how he listed them really loved that he came out with that and you know, decided to, to bring that out because there's, you know, there's a lot going into the NFL season, a lot of talking points that are going to pop up as we start to get closer to preseason and get into the season. And a big one is always quarterbacks, how they rank, how they're going to turn out, who's going to come back from this injury, who's going to regress, all that kind of stuff. Things that need to be talked about and can be talked about. So really love that he touched on that. Can't wait to sit here and go back and forth with him and talk to him about that more and kind of you know, give him some extra thoughts and bounce some things off of him and, and really hear his top five too. So there are a couple of things around the NFL that I want to touch on. As we've talked about, these are dog days of summer, you know, not a whole lot going on. A lot of the stuff is the same old stuff that just kind of, you get the updates on. We're still running around with the Aaron Rodgers saga. We still got things going on with Julio Jones. Word is on that front with Julio is that the Titans are one of the front runners to get him. Seems like a very good landing spot. There has been words around, and I don't know if it's just something that always gets circulated, that like, hey, there's interest there, but it seems like everybody always thinks that John Gruden's interested in any person who has been in the league five years or longer, and that he's going to trade anything that it takes to get some, you know, Wiley vet, and that's not who Julio is. Obviously, he's, you know, a top three receiver in the league when he's on his A game. But a lot of talk about the Raiders possibly trying to pick him up or being a dark horse or whatnot. I don't see that happening one bit. Uh, I think that we actually have uh, a receiving group that looks really good and has some pretty good depth to it and has some young guys that need to start emerging and start coming out, uh, like Ruggs and Edwards. Um, and I, I feel like that kind of brings someone in like him. Now, this is would I love to have Julio Jones on our team. Absolutely. I'm not saying that like it wouldn't be awesome to have him by any means. But bringing someone in like him pushes the whole depth chart back because he's obviously your number one. 
Okay, how does that fit into what we're trying to do? How does that fit into Ruggs's development, Edwards' development, all that kind of stuff? I would love to have Julio Jones. I don't think that they're going to want to trade away anything it's going to take to get him. And word is it's not going to take as much as you think it should take for Julio Jones. But at the same time, the Raiders aren't going to deal a first-round pick or any type of second and a player or anything like that, you know, something substantial. Yeah, obviously, if they're like, yeah, here's a seventh-round pick, you can take him. Obviously, that would be dumb not to do that. But for all intents and purposes, we have a pretty good receiving core. Just like many spots on our defense, there's just young talent, and we got to develop them. We got to get them on the right path to, you know, becoming stars for our team. So I don't see that happening. Um, He'd probably go to the Titans. Would be my guess. That's just because that's what everyone's saying. They're the front runners for giving up capital, taking on that type of contract, all that kind of stuff. So we will see what happens with that. One of the things I wanted to touch on was the absolute circus that is going on down there in old Jacksonville. A lot of you might have seen this floating around. If you're if you're prevalent on Twitter, you saw it everywhere, anywhere and everywhere that had anything to do with people covering the NFL. And that was the integration of Urban Meyer and Charlie Strong into the AEW wrestling video. For those of you that don't know, Shad Khan, the owner of the Jaguars, his son Tony Khan is the president of the All Elite Wrestling, AEW. So they cut together a promo video. Chris Jericho is beating the crap out of some dude in in what is, uh, one would assume, the Jaguars facility. Uh, The video kind of cuts into them inside of Urban Meyer's office. But essentially, he's beating the crap out of this dude. And all of a sudden, Charlie Strong starts tossing him footballs. And he's throwing them at him. Tossing him more footballs, throwing them at him. Urban Meyer looks over, picks up a laptop, and hands it to him. And he breaks a laptop over this dude's head. Um, and then they go rustling into a different room. This whole thing, it was funny. It was corny. It was kind of ironic that Urban Meyer was aiding someone in some type of felony and or aggravated assault. Um, but that's neither here nor there. The second part of this whole crazy circus going on in Jacksonville, uh, news broke uh, a while ago, uh, kind of, somewhat. As far as news is concerned, it's, you know, yesterday's news, as they would say. But Jaguars brought in Tim Tebow and brought him in to play tight end, something that people tried to get him to do half a decade ago that, uh, you know, he decided he didn't want to do. And now he's getting back on the train because the Mets didn't work out, apparently. If you don't think Urban Meyer didn't bring Tebow in to take the media off of his rookie quarterback and Trevor Lawrence and even just him being back into coaching after everything that went down in Ohio State, you would be out of your mind to not think that they were somewhat related, even remotely, okay? Because, let me ask you, when was the last time you heard anybody talking about Trevor Lawrence whatsoever, or even Trevor Lawrence in regards to the Jaguars? It was probably X amount of weeks back, I think it was even before he got drafted where they did a bunch of foundation donations, all that kind of stuff and whatnot. I think they came out recently with Trevor Lawrence in a Jaguars jersey. Since then, nothing could put zero about him. On top of that, 
Um, the top selling jerseys, they came out with the top selling jerseys up until this point, about five days ago. Uh, and I'm not a big fan of the fact that they'll rank them based off like even different jerseys. Like it's the same person, but a different style of jersey, which I get. They're talking about the, you know, top selling jerseys. You're talking about specific jerseys, obviously. But to me, it's kind of whatever about, you know, them being multiple. But here's the top five selling jerseys. Number one, Tim Tebow, turquoise Jaguars jersey. Number two, Tim Tebow. Black Jaguars jersey. Number three, Justin Fields in a blue Bears jersey. Number four, Justin Fields in an orange Bears jersey. Number five, Justin Fields in a white Bears jersey. Now, I will give everyone, this is bad radio, because I'm I'm going to ask you a question, and you're not going to be able to give me an answer to it because I'm recording this well before it gets released. But do you think Trevor Lawrence is in the top ten? The answer is no. This list is based off of the top 15. Yes, he's in it. At number 14. So the fact that you have what some regard the greatest quarterback to come out of college since Andrew Luck, who was revered as the greatest quarterback to come out of college since Peyton Manning, you got him drafted to a team that has been so strapped and so longing for this franchise quarterback so downtrodden for so long, had some success a few years back because of their defense, had this whole Minshew mania that was like, yeah, whatever, but finally gets their blue blood franchise quarterback, this can't miss type of guy. And guess what? Tim Tebow's the number one selling jersey on that team. Not Trevor Lawrence, not the franchise quarterback, not the guy who, by all accounts, is going to take you to a Super Bowl if you win a Super Bowl at some point in his career, he's going to be the reason people are like, nah, we're good. He's not even in the top 10. And that's hard to gauge it up against like, you know, other fan bases and stuff like that. You're talking about specific individual jerseys, but Justin Fields is three through five because Bears fans are crazy and psycho and so ready to move on from Mitch Trubisky. They're like, yeah, let's buy every single jersey we possibly can. I bet every single person who bought the blue jersey also bought the white and orange. And every person who bought the white jersey but not the blue one bought the white and orange. And they're just buying all the jerseys they can because they are so frenzied over the fact that they finally got what looks to be a very good quarterback that is part of this new mold of how the NFL is running uh, and how the NFL is kind of moving towards their offenses and their quarterbacks as far as you know dual threat kind of stuff. They finally got that guy. And so many people are excited in Chicago about it, but apparently not Jacksonville. Apparently not this can't-miss quarterback. Apparently, when you buy a jersey, people are thinking of a now shock value and not longevity because, by all accounts, Tim Tebow is going to make this team. And I had this conversation with a co-worker of mine, shout-out Shelby, talking about it, saying that I really actually think that Tim Tebow could start at tight end for them this year. No other reason outside of the fact that they have nobody at tight end. So that, you know, that tight end group isn't too bad. And Tim Tebow's, you know, he's 33, I believe, you know, he's on the older side of things, but he's someone that's always been in shape. He's someone that's always been athletic. He wasn't a great quarterback in the NFL. He went and he played baseball. I mean, you can't knock the guy for going and playing and doing decent in AAA, actually coming up, playing for a professional baseball team. Like everybody knocks him that he's 
trying to hang on to things and trying to hang on to his athletic ability and all this kind of stuff. Dude played two professional sports. He played for the Mets. So you can't knock him because of that, right? So coming into here, when you're going up in a tight end room against Chris Minerts, James O'Shaughnessy, and fifth round draft pick Luke Farrell, yeah, think you might have a chance of playing some tight end. So granted, we might have another year of Tebow mania, which by all accounts would be fantastic for no other reason but the chaos side of things. But to go out and make Tim Tebow's jersey, the two jerseys, the highest selling jerseys in the NFL at the moment, when you have your quarterback of the future, your franchise savior, the guy who has been deemed QB1 of this draft since he was a freshman, and you got him on number 14 on the list. I mean, for crap's sake, Devonta Smith was up there on the list higher than him. I think he was at number 10, maybe number 11, somewhere in that range. But the fact that Trevor Lawrence was that low just really had me flabbergasted, to say the least. The last thing I wanted to touch on, something a little more serious of a topic than that. Came out today that the NFL declared they were going to halt the use of race norming. Now, we're talking about a solid 10 to 15 minutes, maybe, of scrolling Twitter of me looking into this. So pardon me if I miss anything whatsoever. But basically, what this means and how it's being used in regards to the NFL is that black players were having a harder time getting settlement and gaining settlement funds from the CTE and concussion uh, long lawsuit that's been going on because they were viewed to have a lower level of cognitive thinking ability. So basically, Roger Goodell and whatever team of fancy doctor neurologists that he had working for them and and dealing with all of this stuff and, and heading all this stuff up believe that black people weren't as smart as white people originally. And when they gauge that based on the gap of where they quote-unquote started with their cognitive brain ability or whatever it's considered, where they started to where it was when they had damage from football wasn't as big of a gap because their scale said, well, they already started this this much farther back than white people. And it's not that much higher up afterwards. So they were actually having a lot harder time getting settlement from all of this CTE stuff than white players were. Which is the wildest thing that I've heard in such a long time, especially nowadays with cancel culture being out there for anything and everything. And it felt like it was one of the wilder things that really kind of like, I don't want to say got swept under the radar, but my timeline on Twitter, and I follow a lot, a lot of different people. It's really a lot of people within the sports world and stuff like that. So most stuff just sports related, NFL related, uh, mainly, uh, is, is what my timeline is filled with. And the fact that my timeline got flooded in the morning that it happened with a wrestling promo video of Urban Meyer, and it took me searching NFL news to even come across the fact that the NFL was basically being racist against mental capacity was absolutely astonishing. You know, on this podcast, we try to stick to football. 
you know, one of our, that was one of our favorite podcasts was stick to football. I don't care about politics. I don't care about anybody's politics or arguing anything one way or the other, but plain and simple, like this is such a wild story that seems, and maybe it'll start getting some more light out there as the days go on. More people talk about it, report about it, whatnot. But they came out this morning, I believe, saying these things. And the first thing that I saw across my timeline at all about it, I didn't even see it across my timeline. I just searched it. I was Google searching things. I was trying to find things to talk about on the podcast. You know, NFL news, dog days of summer, hard to talk about things. Andy's always been really great at bringing in structure for the content, for the things to talk about. So when I was rocking this thing solo, I had to do some research and digging on some on some things to talk about. And like I said, it took me searching these things. It took me diving into Twitter and trying to find news about the NFL to even come across this. So maybe we'll see things start to pick up down the road. Maybe we'll start to see some more news come about it and some more stuff come from it and all that whatnot. I just thought it was a really crazy story that didn't seem like it was getting a lot of play out there. Uh, at least on social media, so I don't know. Take it for what it's worth. Wild story in my opinion, but that's all I have for you guys this week. Really appreciate you once again rolling with what we got going on, rolling with the things that we have going on in our life, the things that we're dealing with. Hope everything's going to be all right with Andy and his and the sickness that he's dealing with, the things that's going on with him and whatnot. So hoping that he's, he's doing all right. Should be back uh, next week. And hopefully we'll start to get into his top five. We can talk more about, you know, 10 through six going into what his five through one is going to be. So that's going to be exciting. As always, we appreciate the love. Please share, subscribe, rate, review. If you're on Apple Podcasts or iTunes, give us those five stars. Let us know how we're doing. Check out the notes of the podcast. If you check out the link in the bio on the Raider Take podcast at Take Raider You'll see our link for Draft Top. Draft Top is absolutely amazing. Like I've preached from the get-go, it was something that I absolutely fell in love with. Uh, and, you know, we got the opportunity to work with them. And it's been amazing ever since. We are actually planning on getting a giveaway going for you guys out there. Stay tuned. Be in touch on Twitter. Be in touch on Instagram. Listen to the podcast. We'll, uh, we'll put that out there on uh ways to get you into entered we have a special edition memorial day slash fourth of july version of the draft top tool we are going to do a giveaway with also some stickers and a keychain that actually has a little rubber top pop on the top of your can um, after you use your draft top you want to get a lid on there for a sec before you start drinking it again fantastic tool to have to go along with your uh, pop topping tool so hope you all enjoyed the content. Hope you all enjoyed me just really rambling and ranting. Um, you know, I don't, I don't do that much. You know, it's, it's hard for me to get on some tangents sometimes. You know, I've gotten on my tangents before. We all know that that is something that falls more in line with, uh, you know, Andy's ability to podcast. But I appreciate you guys, you know, giving me that time to be able to do that, to be able to ramble on and rant about some things. We appreciate all the love and support you guys give us. Hopefully we'll have some more structured content for you next week and be able to uh, get back into uh, dueling it up with my co-host and get back on track with some things. Like Andy always says, Raider Nation stand up and we'll see y'all next week.